On today's episode of Gathering the Kings, what does winning or not being a loser look like 20 years from now for a guy like you? Like, I'm not talking about materially, like, although maybe that you, maybe your mind goes there, but does that change? Does it grow? Like anything like that? You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. I've got Michael Ackerman here on the King stage. My brother, how we doing? Doing good. And yourself? You know, I'm much better now that I said your, your last name right. You know, I just, I, I asked you ahead of time. I always do. Here we are. We're, we're humans. We're making it happen. I'm so thankful that you're here with us. We were just talking off air about some cool stuff that uh, even that you're doing right now with your team. You're sitting in kind of a special room. We'll get to that here in a second. I'm just glad that you're here. What kind of business do you have, brother? So I own an outdoor lighting company here in Houston. We do mostly residential projects. We're working on homes. Kind of gotten into the commercial side of it around the country, renovating apartment complexes and just, you know, loving every day. Love it, man. Love it. The natural progression of bigger projects and more important things is kind of what I was picking up from that. So I appreciate the trajectory there. Maybe we'll get some more detail there. I want to know your story. I want to know how you got rolling. <clears throat> you know, the notes that my team took were that you are a sharp, sharp guy, and I'm super interested in hearing your story. But I want to know first, I'm big on burning desire, definiteness of purpose. Why? Right? So why are you doing this? Why are you, why are you living life this way? Why are, you, why are you after it? Why are you competing so hard? Give me the burning desire for Michael. So the burning, I mean, so I was talking to my mom about this beforehand, like five minutes before this, the podcast. And, and she, she asked me like, why do you do what you do? Why do you get up every day? Why do you have run? And it might sound like silly or simple, but I don't want to be a loser. I want to be a winner. Yeah. I mean, it, it all comes down to that. In my, or in my book, in my family, in my circle of friends, there's few things that determine your success in life, the family, the people you keep around you, and frankly, financially, right? So yeah. if it's one of three things, I want to, I want to be the best and I want to be a winner. Yeah. I, uh, I resonate with that as a competitor, previous athlete. I think a lot of entrepreneurs can you know, hear that and then it, and it lands. What does that look like 20 years from now? Projected out, we're both young guys. What does winning or not being a loser look like 20 years from now for a guy like you? Like, I'm not talking about materially, like, although maybe that you, maybe your mind goes there, but does that change? Does it grow? Like anything like that? So I, okay. So a big reason of what I love, what I get to do is the people that we get to work for, our, our customers. We deal with, you know, the point 
0.0001% of the wealth of the city of Houston. You know, so we're dealing with the rich and the rich, right? And I like to kind of nitpick and like ask questions and kind of understand. And a lot of them are really cool and will sit down and have a drink with me after the job and just, I can kind of pick their brain. And my idea of true success is not having a cell phone or only having like 10 people know your number. And everybody else that calls you goes to your, your personal assistant, your secretary, whatever. That's right. That's right. So to me, winning is being able to do whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it. Yeah. I love that. I love that that can transcend time over, you know, the next decade, two or three or four or five, you know, I, I want to encourage not only you, but the listener, I have a, a mastermind member and he's a pretty big outfit, a couple hundred million. And we were talking about this exact same thing. And I told him to just go get a second phone, give his assistant his phone that he has currently, only plug in those, you know, whatever number 10 or 50, whatever the number is of people into his actual phone now, and literally give that filter to his assistant. And such a small thing, which you, I mean, this is just like, this is not rocket science. You're a smart guy. I'm a smart guy. It changed everything for him. And so I want to encourage you just to, We'll get that second phone. <laughs> you know what? The, the funny thing is my brother told me to do the exact same thing like a week ago. We were yep. playing and the phone was just going off and blowing up and yep. said, Dad, why don't you just get a whole nother phone and leave this one at your office? Yeah. 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 But, you know, but that also goes back to maybe I'm saying that, like the fact that I don't like being busy or, you know, and subconsciously, I do like, it. and I don't, I don't want to get rid of it. So, you know, what I think is winning in my mind might not actually be what I want in my heart. Yeah. Well, winning for competitors is doing, it's achievement, it's accomplishment. And so, yeah, I think that there's probably fear in, in giving things away. I think all entrepreneurs feel that because then, well, what, where would my value be and what would I be, be doing? Cause sitting on the porch, watching the sun rise and the sun set. And I just drink a couple of glasses of, of tea in between doesn't sound like winning. Yeah. So I hear you on that. I think that as, as business owners continue to level up, I'm my, myself included in this is that we have to keep searching for that next lever to pull that brings even more value. And maybe I only make one decision a day or one decision a week, or like Warren Buffett says, if he makes two, three, four big decisions a year, that's all he's looking for. And so when you're pulling levers like that, I don't need a phone ringing every day. I just need information. I need data. I need reports. And I can make a decision every day or a decision every week, you know? So, you know, the funny thing is it kind of makes sense because we uh, like, you know, true billionaires, like people that are worth billions that I know. I was flying home with one of them on their jet from Florida to back to Houston. And I was just sitting, talking to him. And I said, I asked him, I was like, have you yet to stop to smell the roses? I was like, has that, had you done? And his wife started laughing and he, he kind of looked at me and he's like, shook his head. And he was like, I don't even know what that means, Mike. And I was like, have you stopped like to, to just like be like, wow, I can't believe I've gotten this far. And he's like, no, he's like, you don't, you don't do that. Like, and so I think that's something that like talking about it right now, it's kind of, I'm kind of like. I'm kind of getting it where 
I liked the fact, and you know, my dad says the same thing. He's like, you know, I, you know, I asked him like, when did you know you were whatever, you know, like this sort of wealthy? And he was like, right. he was like, it's just like one day you're looking at something and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this much here and this much here, you know, and then you just, yeah. and then. And you go back to work. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, you know, maybe again, like I said, it's something that I think I want, but realistically what I want is just to always somewhat be like hustling in a way. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it's really, really good perspective. I appreciate you sharing. I think for the listeners, probably most of them feel the same way. The reality of it is, is that we want, we say we want freedom, right? I was just talking about this with somebody else, I don't know, maybe a week or so ago. And we say we want freedom, which is I want to be able to do what I want when I want, you know, like what you just said. But what you mean to say is that you want control, which is why you like the phone ringing <laughs> subconsciously, because you like to control everything. And so that as soon as you can get and freedom and control are our opposite, like you can't have freedom if you have control. <laughs> yeah. true. So anyway, we're working through some of that stuff, even even in my own, you know, like because we are control freaks and that's OK. Like we've been successful because of that. And so maybe freedom isn't what I actually want, or maybe I just need to own that I want control, or maybe I do want freedom and I need to give away, but that's for another conversation. I got to know the story, man. Light working with the top of the top of the top of the rich of the rich in Houston. Like you don't just stumble into that. Tell us a story. How'd you get started? So, all right. Well, it's kind of a long story, but I guess we got, okay. So I'm the middle of five kids. Wow. Um, my parents are from are from what was the Soviet Union in different parts. My mom was from St. Petersburg. My dad was from Odessa. They met at a boarding school in Israel. Fast forward, you know, they got here to America at different times, ended up marrying. And my mom, you know, my dad, he used to sell cars. He used to be a day trader. I remember in the 90s when like everyone started day trading a little bit. And my mom at that point opened up her first dental office. I was probably 10 and I remember, you know, stories coming out of husbands losing like all the family savings and then like, you know, killing the families and like committing suicide. So my mom was like, you're not going to do that anymore. Go back to work. So he started looking at like a few different options and he opened a lighting company in 95. My older sister. She is a rheumatologist. She owns a research facility where she does testing on new drugs for, for pharmaceutical companies. My, my older brother runs my mom's dental practices, which she has nine of them now. My two little sisters, one's a, one's a partner at Ernst & Young. One, one is at Oxy, Occidental, an engineer. You know, so, and I always kind of knew at a young age that I would kind of go in, into this. I don't know why, maybe just because I thought this, you know, I really don't know why. I just kind of figured I would. So summers I would go and help, help dig the ditches, you know, and college, I would come home and run some of the crews and it was 2013. I was full on into this, you know, and actually I, I remember when I graduated college, all my buddies were, all my buddies were getting signing bonuses for you know, for different oil companies and engineering firms they were going to work for. And I was like, yeah. I was like. I get a signing bonus, you know, and he was like, <laughs> and, and he, and he, you know, like he kind of giggled and laughed. And yeah. the next day he handed me a shovel and he goes, this is your signing bonus. You know? So uh -huh. he made me start off at the bottom and kind of worked my way up. And so 2013, he sold it. And 
in the back of my mind, I always thought that he would just kind of like hand it over, frankly, like, you know, like Billy Madison, just kind of like handing it over. Yeah. And I was like, man, all right, that sucks. I didn't really see that happening. Yeah. I was engaged at the time. I remember he was still paying me. So I didn't, so I didn't look like a bum, you know, not having a job. And, and uh, I was about to start working or I was kind of talking to my future father-in-law about possibly working for him. And my dad came to me and he said, he goes, do you like doing what you do? Did you like outdoor life? And I was like, yeah, I, I do. I was like, I, I think I'm really good at it. Like I, I get along with people. Like it's fun. I like being outside. Like, yeah. And he goes, I think you're really good at it too. And he goes, uh, he goes, let me give you a little bit of a loan. And he, he did give me two vehicles, two vans to start off. And he said, he said, why don't you give this a try on your own? He goes, he goes, I'll tell you two things. One is you never want your father-in-law to know exactly how much money you make. One and two, you, you will appreciate this much more if you do it yourself. Yeah. And at the time I was still pissed. I was like, you know, so <laughs> he gave me a $10,000 loan. I remember two vehicles and uh, I, I remember thinking to myself, all right, like this is me being pushed up against the wall, you know, like how, how can I handle this? I can either yeah. get out there and do the things that nobody else needs to do and try to succeed and do it on my own, or I can just kind of fold and, you know, be a little baby, a little loser and just, think. so in two weeks, I remember I started on Monday. Following Friday, I paid him back for 10 grand and just kind of took off from there. I love it. I mean, good, good for him. Good for you. Right. I am I got to ask though, because, you know, we've already talked about family briefly before we hit the record button. And then now just, we've kind of touched on it just a smidge, but how does that change? Or are you in alignment with what you would do with your own children? So I, I struggle with that because. So we have a five, four and a two year old. And I really, you know, we all have the memories of like our childhood and like how great it was. How old are you? 36. Okay. So I'm 36 as well. I mean, when we grew up, it was best, best time to grow up. Like we kind of grew up, like we were able to be kids before the internet, you know, everyone was outside. So I have these memories of being a kid and I try to emulate that to like my kid. I try to do that for mine, even though I'll never be the parent that my parents were to me. Like I have the best parents in the world. Whatever they did, they did it right. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be me, you know? And so will I try to do, no, I mean, frankly, I spoiled the hell out of my kids. I mean, it's, (laughs) but at least I, at least I know it, but. That's funny. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm big on letting my kids try to figure things out on their own. I'm not, I'm not one of those. Uh, do you have kids? Oh yeah. We got four of those little guys, gals. How old? Nine, seven, four and 11 months. Okay. Okay. So, so you get it. So like, especially probably like the four year old, right? Like when you're at places, you see parents just like right behind them, like walking, like, oh yeah. God forbid if they fall or God forbid if like they oh, yeah. start arguing. So I try to step back and, and, and let my kids be kids to where I'm not, I'm not like behind them the whole time. So yeah, 
I guess in that aspect, I, I do try to be like my parents in that way. But yeah. Yeah, I love the perspective. I think that it's interesting you being, you know, second generation, not necessarily second generation of that specific business, but second generation business owner mentality. I mean, yeah, I mean, you you just you got to see a lot of great stuff. And then your kids are going to be able to get to see a lot of great stuff with you being successful, even with them being so young. I think that if done right, you can pass that along. I think that there's a lot of cool things, like you said, that your parents did for you. Now, I always say this too, that like, because my my parents were really poor when we were younger and I grew up like just watching them like hustle, like work, you know, like grind it out and like, yeah, um, what they are now. And I think that's why I think working hard is normal and Hopefully my kids see that from me because, you know, if, if you look at certain friends that I have, whatever that, like, they don't think working hard is more because they, that's what they saw growing up. Yeah. 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 I liken to that for sure. I've told my story on some other podcasts and stuff, but I grew up single mom family. So I mean, my mom always had three jobs. And so for, for hustle and grit, figure it out, never quit. Like all those things are like in my DNA. I don't yeah. know how to not do those things, you know? All right. Well, let's, let's get into some practicality in your business. I want to know of a good decision that you made along the way that's led to maybe some other dominoes falling for you. What was that one thing that, that you would repeat over and over again, if you could? Let me see. The best decision that I made. So I always, and I kind of watched my dad doing this and my mom, right? Which my mom is way more successful than my dad was, but is but you know they're simple they had like a very simple way of like doing business and that is like just make more money than you spend and like you see some other you know you see and read about like other things that like other businesses where it's over complicated and they they have to find the right place to uh, you know like, like the right office for their business the perfect desk and this and that and it's like just get out there and make money and everything else will just kind of fall into place. I, I love that. And that does play into some things. And so talk to me about simplicity is what you're saying. And, and, and on top of that, making sales or the collection process, probably more than just the sales, really, really important. So do you have a sales kind of a mindset? Do you have a sales culture? Is this just from your mom and dad? Is, do you have like a sales perspective from your history? Like give us a little bit of that because that's, that's, that's a growth mindset. That's like a, well, it's also a simplicity, like just don't do dumb things, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, give me a little bit more there. <laughs> With selling? Okay. Well, I mean, I, I'm assuming every, every industry is different, right? With like closing the deal, right? With my industry, uh, I think, I mean, this is, you know, I don't really, I try not to think about things that are out of my control, like competition and stuff like that. I just only worry about what I can do, but yeah. I'm a big believer that if you don't close the deal, like when you're in front of the customer the first time, the likelihood of getting a call back is like zero, right? Like I consider it like a lost job if I don't get a yes when I'm there. So with that being said, there's a fine line between like looking pushy and just yeah. do your job. And I can't really put a finger on like exactly what I do when I'm doing it, but I'm able to do that to where like, you know, cause you probably have people coming and trying to sell you stuff at your house when you get estimates and, yeah. you know, you know, you get the people that like, especially now, right. That like 
you have to come over and to give you an estimate and they never even give you the quote. And then you have the other type of people that come over and are like a used car salesman type thing. Right. So I've, I've somehow, which I'm, I guess this is, I'm kind of patting myself on the backboard, but I've, I've figured a way to do it to where it just doesn't seem like I'm like pressuring or pushing them in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing you say there's a, there's a genuine connection point because it's real. You actually believe that doing the service for them can better them or increase the value of their home or, you know, whatever the result is that they're looking for, uh, safety potentially, like there's a lot of reasons or results that they might be looking for in an outdoor lighting plan. But the ability that you're talking about to not be the pushy car salesman, which is what we all know of as like that, you don't really care about me. You just want to get the deal. Yeah. And then the other is you don't care enough about me or you to even be professional enough to give me the estimate and follow up and, you know, Exactly. Yeah. How are you even in business? Right. And so somewhere in between there, there's a professionalism. <laughs> One of our core yeah. values of gathering the Kings is we're professionals. It's like, not only do you, you grit and hard work, but it's like, do what you say you're going to do. I'm here to give you the information that you need in order to make a quality decision. And I've done my job properly at the end of this meeting. If you have all the things that you need in order to make a decision and guess what? All you got to do is then give them enough information and some options and some reasons to move forward. And they usually will if you've done your job. Would exactly. You yeah. Hey, Kings and Queens, Chaz Wolf. I want to talk to you about something that's super important to me. We put a lot of time and effort, we meaning myself and my team, into this podcast, into the content that goes out every single day. And if you have been getting any sort of value or insight from this, we want it to be able to reach other business owners too. So we would love if you would like, comment, share, leave a review, post, Share again <laughs> all of the things on social media, on all the different platforms, or even on the podcast mediums of Apple and Spotify. We would love to be able to get our content into more hands, more entrepreneurs, so they can grow their business as quick as possible. Together, we are building a community of like-minded entrepreneurs who are committed to growing their businesses to new heights. So let's do this. Let's help each other. Let's help each other grow. Love it, man. Okay, let's flip the coin. Let's talk about a bad decision, something that you did. It was maybe not your greatest hour. The thing that I've done in the past that I regret is not letting go of employees when I should have. Because it's hard not to get, you know, like the whole hiring and training. I hate that part. Like, I just, I don't know if it's me being lazy with that or it's just like, I would much rather be doing something else for the business. But like, yeah. I really don't like doing that. So... There's a few employees that I've had in the past that I wish I would have fired before it got to a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so the, the negative effect of that was. Uh, just like a toxic environment. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't realize till later that the toxic environment wasn't worth the retraining that you would have had to do. Actually. <laughs> yeah. So true. Yes. <laughs> Do you think, I was just kind of contemplating what you were saying there. I feel like you and I are pretty similar in like our urgency and just like, hey, I just want to hurry up quick and, and, and win. And so as you were talking about the training and the lack of desire for that, first off, the first thing that came to my mind was put somebody there to do that. But, you know, I, there's a patience that comes with training. There's, a, you know, a poise or a, like a, a real desire to like hang in the balance and make sure someone understands and gets it. And typically high achievers get it 
easier, whether it's higher IQ or EQ potentially. And so there's just not as much patience there. Would you agree that, that we're alike in this way? <laughs> Cause I'm talking about me here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I expect people to get it, but also my dad kind of threw me out, you know, out to the wolves. And so I just, maybe I expect everybody to do what I did. Yeah. But, but mind you, I didn't like looking back now. I remember when I started working full time, it was like really embarrassing. I mean, I was embarrassed, but like I did not sell a thing for like a little over six months. And I remember my dad was like lying to all, all the siblings and saying, like, oh yeah, he's doing, you know, like, and I remember I, I thought, I thought I knew, I think it's a place where it's so. Yeah. During the day, I was a foreman where we would go out and I would go with my crew and we would install jobs, do service calls, stuff like that. And then in the evening, I would go and sell at night. We, like, we used to go and bring like demo lights to people's homes and set them up and show them what it would look like and stuff. Yeah. I remember my dad, he, I made him make me like some, some button down shirts, you know, so I could, you know, I don't Oh, my hair, like look all, you know, you know, try to look what I thought looked apart. Yeah. And I just couldn't close it. You know, people would invite me over like to like hang out, even though they would buy from me, you know, like, <laughs> and I was like, what am I doing? Like, what am I missing? I remember thinking, yeah. like, what the hell am I doing that I just can't figure out? And I remember very specifically my first sale, they actually came to my wedding. They were super nice. It was a very long day. I didn't have time to go home and change. Uh, but I was tired and it kind of made me just be myself, like not front, just be as genuine as natural. Cause in life, I like to be very honest. I like to be blunt. I am very blunt. I like to just be me because I figure if you don't like me, there's enough people in this world that will that I can go and hang out with them. So and that's how I was during that, that first job that I sold and I sold it. And I like, as I was driving home, I was like, that's it. You just truly have to be yourself. And, uh, yeah. and then after that, it just kind of like, exploded, but it's cool. But yeah. So. That's super encouraging. I want the listener to just take a little note here because what you're saying is the juice. I mean, I can, I can teach and have taught hundreds, if not thousands of sales professionals and teams. I, I can teach technique and tonality, uh, the steps of the sales process, what to say, what not to say, you know, I can, I can go really, really deep into the weeds and all that. But the juice is everything that Michael just said, which is you got to be you because I can give you all the, all the X's and the O's, but Michael doing those same X's and O's, even if we do the exact X and O, the same exact order the same exact everything going to look and sound different because Michael's not Chaz and Chaz is not Michael. And there's a layer in there of genuineness or authenticity that the salesperson or really just a business owner in general, even as we're building our network, like right now, Michael and I are getting to know each other. We're building our network. Maybe there's something cool that we do in the future. Maybe there's not. But how are we going to ever know that if we're not like just genuinely us? And unapologetically so, as Michael said, like it kind of is what it is. I am who I am. Obviously, as leaders, we're always looking to grow. But you got to be genuine. And so I just want the listener to take note of that. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are or how much you've sold or how much you haven't sold. Everything that Michael just gave to you is the like 
crux of sales. And that's why you have this negative mindset towards sales because of the pushy used car salesman, because that person doesn't have what Michael just described. And the person that doesn't know how to close the deal is too nice. And they don't know how to actually make it a duty to, to close the deal, the duty of do, like doing the right thing for them. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's a very good way to put it. Yeah, there's a balance here. So I just I think you've given us a, just a really, really great perspective. I just wanted to make sure that that hit home for the listener. What do you think about decisions now? You said you're a blunt guy. I can roll with that. How does a blunt, successful you know, dad and business owner make decisions today? We've talked about a good and bad. How do you make decisions in today's world? Well, it seems like every decision I'm making now is a new decision. So I'm really lucky because my wife is very smart. She's the beauty in the brains and like, Love that. So I have her to lean on now. And she is, I mean, I have, I've always had her to lean on, but like she helps me out a lot with stuff with ideas. And I bounce off a lot of things with her. And again, like my family, I mean, I'm, I'm the least successful one of all my family. You know what I mean? So that should say something about all of them that like I, I'm surrounded, you know, because because we're like first generation basically we're like extremely tight and we're always we're always like so i i'm surrounded by just successful people and i guess now that i'm at this level like i can kind of use what they've done as well in helping and i've been able to slightly let go of the reins a little bit which my dad always said that's like the the thing I'm most stubborn with, I used to feel like if I wasn't touching it, it wasn't being done right. Yeah. And maybe that's just, maybe that's just because like I have other obligations, you know, I have three little kids. I have. Yeah. Uh, forced external circumstances. <laughs> maybe that just, maybe that just came from that, but you know, you know, let people do their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. It, you said a second ago that it, if you didn't touch it, it probably wasn't being done right. If you weren't touching it, it wasn't being done probably like you would have done it. <laughs> and then and then you guys like you and I, we have this fog of, well, if it's not done like me, then it's not being done right. And so everything that you just said as far as letting other people do their job, it's like, okay, well, if the result just maybe as long as the result, the the, the deliverable is being done, it might look a little different. They might get there a little different. That's the letting go piece that you're talking about, right? Yeah, very true. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big deal, man. Okay. Speed round. I got a couple of questions, kind of hard hitting. Hopefully they don't put you in a, in a too much of a pickle here, but top KPI. If you can only pick one thing to track, what would it be? Collections. Okay. Dollars in. Yeah. Why? Because that's really, that's why you're in business is to make money. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that if you know that number, then you know the rest of it without asking, or is that just the most important? Yes. Well, oh, that is by far the most important. That's the only reason you should be in a business is to make money, unless you're like a nonprofit, you know. But you know, that's the end. Two is you should somewhat know your margins to where, like, you know, by looking at how much money you've taken in, you should be able to figure out everything else. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And what about a business resource, book, podcast, event, anything you've been a part of that you can share, we could glean some knowledge from? The people you surround yourself with. That's yeah. by far, or like uh, seeing people do it. Like, And you've got a great family to do so. If someone doesn't have that, 
what would you recommend to that person? Finding a mentor, someone that has actually done it. I don't want to, I don't want to be too cliche here, but what's the value in that for them? It's everything. Someone that's actually done it has like lived through it. So has the actual experience, but also it's subconsciously, it's like, you're sitting there, you're looking at it like, it's doable. Because this person that is, that is like talking to me has done it, has literally been in my shoes. So like, I think you, know, you kind of like trick yourself into like, all right, well, it's, it's been done. Like I can, you know, so that means I can do it. It's doable. Yeah. 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 It's belief, right? Yeah. yeah. Even if you're tricking yourself for a half second, I love, I love that phrase. I used to say that all the time to other business owners or even salespeople early in my career, but I would trick myself into believing I could do it, which then put me into action, take a small step, maybe a, a second small step. You get a small little result, which then is like, oh, I can do it, which then builds more belief, which then helps me take another big step and another big step and gets me more result, which then gives me more confidence, which then I'm like, now, I'm like, now I'm like skyrocketing in belief, right? Exactly. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful spiral to be in, but sometimes you got to like work yourself into it, like trick yourself in your words, right? Yeah. You know, and also now that I think about, I think like working out and eating right because if you feel good about yourself then you kind of kind of like emulates and people feel that i think so oh, yeah 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 there's obviously something about confidence that people can relate to and if working out or like you said dressing the part uh, you were you were using it in a totally different example of what you felt like needed to be and it wasn't genuine but looking sharp or feeling good about yourself is what you're talking yeah. about nutrition and, and eating good that can help with confidence and belief for sure what about family i got a question for you about family here's my belief is that there is no such thing as balance and you've been successful in your business because you've been obsessed with it. And I believe that you're going to be successful in your family and as a dad, because you're going to be obsessed with it. So my question is, how have you been able to obsess in those areas at the same time as obsessing with your business? That's a great question. I don't know. I really have no idea. It's just like less sleep. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's, and that kind of goes back to letting people do their jobs because like, right. like, honestly, what is more important, you know, taking your kid to the doctor, if he's sick in the middle of the day or work, it's your kid, like family, family trumps everything else by far. And if you have good people in place, then it doesn't, you know, then it kind of, it's kind of like beneficial in a lot of ways because it lets people again, like. You then give them confidence in the fact that like, Hey, you can do it. Like, and you're, you're telling me that maybe not because you believe it, but at the time, but because like, who else is going to do it? Cause again, you have to do something more important. And I'm sure everybody, yeah. everybody will agree that. And if they don't, I think that's terrible that family and your children are the most important thing in your life. Yeah. What about for the guy? Cause I used to be this guy. Thankfully, I'm not anymore. But the guy that says family is important, but when you look at his calendar, you don't see family on there. Or you look at his decisions. You're missing out. Like it's just, I think it's just sad. Well, frankly, I feel bad for the kids, but yeah. It's just, I mean, you're being a loser. I don't even know what to say. You're not understanding the most important thing in life. Like the biggest joy, the biggest joy. I think I've ever 
gotten was watching my five-year-old play Little League Baseball. I mean, it was like I couldn't get enough of it. I would stop whatever I was doing to make sure I was at every practice. Every, You know, it's just like that is true excitement. Yeah. You know, but then again, when I was younger, every sale I got, I would call my parents. I'd call my wife. You know, like, you know, so yeah. as you grow, I think you mature in certain ways. Yeah. I think that those answers are super authentic. And I think that somebody listening is needing exactly that because you're right. It's joy. And it's also like a little bit of a mindset shift because sometimes we give up what we say is important to us because we, we don't quite believe it yet. Right. And, and so my belief back then was that, well, if I'll build my business, it's for my family. Like I actually felt like I was doing something for my family by not being there. Right. Yeah. And that was just my belief. And it doesn't mean that you give up every single moment. It can't be either or. It's got to be It's got to be both. And that's why I really genuinely believe about being obsessed with both. Uh, so I, I just appreciate that perspective. It's, it's also interesting too, because you were given that from your parents, successful business owners, and then they created this environment with you and your siblings where you guys still today are super tight. That doesn't happen accidentally, right? Oh, yeah. No, yeah no. Very no, cool. no. You know, and the funny thing is like, you know, my dad, he worked his ass off like he was... And my wife asked if my wife's mom was a stay-at-home mom and, you know, was very, like, into her and her sisters as they were growing up, like, very big into the PTA, you know, just, like, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Both of my parents were just, like, grinding and hustling and, like, we talk about it and, like, I don't remember them ever missing it. Maybe they did, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you remember, like, parts of your life that, like, we probably trick ourselves into like thinking everything was all hunky dory, but like I truly, I don't remember ever feeling neglected or, or yeah. them missing anything that was important. And I, I also like say like it, it helps you for the real world if your parents aren't there constantly, because like you have to you have to start figuring things out on your own, and like you you start kind of building that that character where you're able to like talk your way into things and talk your way out of things at a young age. Yeah. No, you're hundred percent right. There's gotta be space, even though you're obsessed with them. <laughs> I, I really liked what you said. My, my mom did the same thing. I felt like where, you know, she's working two and three jobs the whole time, single parent, but she didn't miss a game. Yeah. Now she could, she couldn't come to my practices and stuff like that. That wasn't realistic, but I never missed a game or she never missed a game. She was always there and I always knew she was there because she was loud and getting, getting the refs all fired up. <laughs> yes. And, and, and that fired me up all the more. Like when I really think about it, I can remember Christmases that were pretty small. Like we just kind of just got together and sang a Christmas carol and others where the room was full of presents. And I don't think really either of those things really matter because the feeling that I got was she did everything that she possibly could. Right. I used to have, I, well, with edible arrangements, our, our initial business, we still own a couple of those, but we have a lot of single moms that have come through that team or those teams in those different locations. And I had one specifically, this was years ago, and she was just bawling a couple of weeks before Christmas and worried about how am I going to do Christmas? And I thought, first off, it was really sad that our environment or that our society has made this single mom feel inadequate as a mother because she couldn't provide material presence. I just thought that was ridiculous. And then I encouraged her that like, I came from a single mom family and I don't, I'm sure that there were more Christmases where there was less than there was more, right? 
in fact, I know that to be true now, but that's not how you remember it as a kid to your point. And so I want to encourage the listener, everything that you just said is you can be obsessed and we should, we should go all in on our kids at the same time too. They're going to remember the cool things that we did for them. And whether we were at, you know, the cool games, the practices, or we take the cool trip or whatever it is, it's our job to create those memories. And, and we do those in whatever the obsession looks like for our situation, for our financial situation, for our time commitment, whatever it might be. Um, I just think that you come from a really great example. And I look forward to be able to do that for my kids like your parents have done for you. And then, of course, you're going to have the same opportunity with your kids. I just think it's pretty unique. Yeah. I got one last question here for you, brother. You ready? Yeah. I want to know if you had a chance to whisper in the younger Michael's ear, what would you say? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Yeah, like basically, don't be afraid to fail. That's that's it. That's what I would say. And I would say, get off your ass. Well, actually, okay, hold on. Are you like how young are we talking about? Good question. You name it. So, I've been thinking about this recently. So, when I was younger, I was a total screw up like I, my parents didn't even think i was going to graduate high school like i i used to weigh like 450 pounds like i was wow. just a, a total drain on my family i think and like i i did i did nothing that was useful so back then wow. i would have told myself to get off your ass and like start being productive like just get up like stress you know stop being a loser get up and do something productive and that like in my late 20s, I would tell myself, don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. Most powerful moment that you just delivered. I hope the listener stayed until the end. Maybe we'll move that to the beginning of the, I don't know, but thank you for sharing that, brother. That was, that was from, from the depths of who you are, for sure. I want to do another podcast with you just on that. <laughs> we don't have time for that today. But man, that set me up for, I need to know more. And I hope that the listener does as well. How can the listener find you? Number one. Obviously, you provide incredible outdoor lighting services in the Houston area. How can they find you if they're in the area, they got family in the area, they need your lights? How can they find you? And then, or if they're a business owner and they're intrigued, like I am, to get to know you better, how can they find you? So, you know, our, our business is called Houston Lightscapes. You can Google us, our website, HoustonLightscapes.com. Our office number is 713 461 3600. Reach out. I'd obviously love the business and love the opportunity to, to meet whoever and anybody I can help, frankly. And that's how you find us. Awesome. Sounds good, man. We appreciate you being here, sharing. You've given, I don't know if you, if you intended to, to share like you did today, but man, really, really good and helpful. And so we wish you nothing but success and blessing on your family and in your business, your team, everything that you have your hand to, Michael. Thank you for being here, brother. Yeah, yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically 
who are grateful but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.